In case you missed it, on May 30th, SpaceX went where no other private company has. They launched astronauts and their own rocket to the International Space Station. You may be familiar with SpaceX CEO and President Elon Musk and his mission to bring us to space, or you may not be. We're going to catch you up to speed on today's all-new episode of What the Tech Just Happened. Good morning, Robin Tyler. Well, good morning, Penny. Good morning, Penny. How are you? I'm good. Um, it is a an exciting day. We're going to be talking all about space and space travel oh, and satellites in space. So we have uh, we've chatted a, a little bit about uh, in some past episodes around uh, using satellites to create sort of an internet umbrella in the sky that would give, you know, internet access to people all over the globe and how many satellites it would take to, you know, how many satellites does it take to connect the world with internet? Turns out it's it's quite a few. Um, but what I'd love to do kind of before we even get there, because we have some unique perspectives on our podcast group with Rob, Tyler and myself and our different experiences with space travel, space programs, um, um, so, Rob, I, you know, this I thought would be a great opportunity for you to maybe share, uh, you know, real quickly some of the history and experience that you had with NASA and space missions and things like that. Because, you know, from your seat, you kind of experienced a lot of this in real time, um, where Tyler and I maybe read it more or watched more videos about it. So I know space is a super exciting topic for you, and you're excited about today's episode. Yeah, it really is. So uh, if you remember correctly, we did that uh, really cool episode on generations, and we got to listen to some of the boomers on their talk. And we talked about the different technology and how that's changed. Uh, well, space and space exploration is a big part of my history and my story uh, as well. So if we look at the technology, you know, you look back in the 60s. So I was born, I don't mind saying it, I was born 1962. So as you start looking at some of the pioneers in space and some of the leaders, you know, John F. Kennedy made that declaration that we were going to go to the moon by the end of the decade, that decade being the, the 1960s. Uh, 1964 um, or 1963, he, he gets assassinated, but the space program is in full launch at that point. Um, prior to that, you know, you had uh, a lot of the early days of NASA. So, you know, we were talking about that before we started recording here. Uh, 1947, Chuck Yeager breaks the sound barrier, which was like crazy. And people actually thought that he died when he went up there because they heard the sonic boom and nobody heard the sonic boom before. They thought that his plane exploded. Wow. And then he comes through it. And so that was a, that was a really big deal, and um, we were kind of talking about this earlier too, uh, the movie The Right Stuff. So that's about the the famous Mercury Seven and the Mercury Seven astronauts, Chuck Yeager being part of that. Um, actually, I don't know if Chuck Yeager was part of that crew. I I, I would have to uh, do a fact check on that. He might he might not be part of that crew, but that was you know Gus Grissom and uh, I I don't know them off the top of my head, but um, very interesting. If you guys want to get caught up, that's 
it's a historically correct Hollywood movie on the Mercury missions, um, which was really cool. And then I grew up with the Apollo missions. So it started with Apollo 8. The most famous one for me anyway is, of course, Apollo 11. Apollo 11 is when, you know, they launched That's the one that, that went to the moon and, um, you know, man first walked on the moon. So, and the, the famous words by Neil Armstrong. So I got to see that as a kid in real time, black and white TV. So I was cool. n- literally taking a nap at the time. My mom wakes me up and brings me downstairs and wanted to make sure that I watched this. Now, leading up to that, being in school, we're talking about space. We're talking about exploration. We're talking about the eagle. We're talking about the launch stages and all those really cool things that go in, into um, into the aeronautics and the, the science behind it. And so I remember making a model of the eagle. And as man was landing on the moon, I've got that model as it's going down. You know, it's one of those surreal things where you see it on this black and white TV and it's landing and I'm there having my model land at the same time. Um, So that was a big, that was a really big deal for me. And then all the things that just, that come out of the space program, all the different inventions and stuff that, that have come out of the space program. And now you fast forward and of course it becomes a, a, daily thing that satellites are being launched up into space. And now to hear that we have a pioneer that it's, it's not a nationally funded program. It's a privately funded program that's launching these satellites, but more importantly, launching people into space that's privately funded. That's huge. <laughs> it's fascinating. It, it's and that this is, you know, everyone can't know everything, obviously, of what's going on. And we say it all the time. This is really unprecedented times. There's so much going on in the world. But there are probably still people that don't realize that this mission was done by a private company. You know, they assume you know, uh, astronauts are going into space and uh, they must it must have been built by the by the U.S. government. But this is really so groundbreaking that we have the and we've talked about it before, sort of the the crossover of the public and the private sector and really the public sector taking advantage of what the private sector can do. And Elon Musk, you know, talks so much about, you know, space travel and getting actual I think, like you said, they're looking to build um, a rocket capable of carrying as many as 100 people into a low Earth orbit. And that's like uh, Richard Branson, too, I think, has always talked about space travel. So you like have Virgin really, Galactica or something like yeah, that. I think that's his initiative. It's and it sounds so far fetched, I think, still to to <laughs> a lot of us. But it, it's fascinating that we're seeing the private sector really uh, showcase their capabilities and, and take us off the earth. Do you guys think that that will cause us to do that further? Um, do you think that because of this, do you think more private sector companies will work with, with the public sector to, to kind of see we did this? Oh, I, I definitely see that happening now. And it's just like anything else. Uh, you know, as soon as the first person does it, you know, Roger Bannister breaks the uh, the four-minute mile, and, and they said that it couldn't be done prior to that. And then all of a sudden, he breaks it, and now everybody breaks the four-minute mile shortly thereafter. And I think that this is, you know, kind of breaking the seal, if you want to call that. I think that Elon Musk broke the seal, and I think there's going to be other privately funded corporations that are going, hey, 
we can do this. There's a lot of room in in this no pun intended, but in this space, <laughs> there is <laughs> that, a lot uh, of room. There is a lot space. of room. So I think it's yeah, just so and, crazy. Yeah, especially when you start seeing a business model behind it that that makes money, then everybody's going to start chiming in on it. I just think the craziest thing too, like looking at their SpaceX website, they want to have crews to Mars in 2024. Right. Yeah. That's four years away. Yeah. Well, well look, in look Mars. what he's done in, in like six years, you know, so there's, and it's Elon Musk. So I, I have no doubt in my mind that that's going to happen. Right. And that the, his technology is always so, it's kind of funny. You almost wonder if like, I'm going to be really uh, out there for just one second. It almost makes you wonder if Elon Musk really himself is from another world. Because, <laughs> because his, um, look at what he's done with Tesla. And like, there's no one like nipping at his heels to create the competitor for Tesla. I'm sure there's people that are out there trying and are testing and and things like that. But uh, he himself and his ideas and his brain and uh, the way he thinks just seems already so futuristic compared to where, you know, a lot of the, you know, average people sit. Or, I mean, and he's a marketing genius too. I mean, did you see him with the, I mean, he, he, he had them drive over with it, with his Teslas. Like he, he's even getting, he's even promoting his Tesla business <laughs> while bringing his astronauts over to launch in his space program. Yeah. He's a, he's definitely an innovator for sure. But the, you know, the, the space thing is so cool. And obviously, you know, when we looked at you know, the the moon landing, a lot of it, and again, this is all just coming from me not being there firsthand to experience it, but it was kind of about being the first. It was, um, you know, having the capability, having, you know, making a very, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, but public declaration that we were there first and, and, and a super exciting time. Um, but we haven't really done any exploration or things like that, or we didn't put anything, you know, on the moon that was like going to catapult us, you know, advance and advance our technology. And when we look at what Elon Musk is doing, it's not just about getting to space. It's not just about exploring space. It's how can we use space to actually improve technology on Earth? Um, and that's where the the satellites come in. And like I mentioned uh, in the beginning, we've talked a little bit about this, where satellites are able to connect to one another and and create an internet connectivity. And when we look at the potential for what SpaceX is doing, this could, and I believe that there is a significant amount of funding um, from the federal government on the line for this in the tune to the tune of, I think, about $16 billion to build out uh, a satellite program that delivers internet across the globe. And uh, that seems so that seems so tangible to us, right? Like that just seems like, oh, okay, I can go anywhere and my internet's working, but it's coming from space. And I don't think anyone actually thought that way when they thought they'd have internet everywhere. They figured it would, you know, we'd have Wi-Fi signals on everything all over the place. So that's what I think is really exciting is that the functionality of space travel now versus maybe the exploration and declaration that we were in space of space travel of yesteryears. Is that fair, Rob? I mean, I wasn't obviously around, but. 
Yeah, no, no. I think that's actually absolutely fair. And and I know we had started having conversations like a decade ago, and they started talking about uh, internet connectivity through satellites. And like, could you? And everybody was like, "Can you imagine if that that were able to happen? That that would revolutionize." And now here we are on the forefront of that, where that that's actually going to become a reality. And uh, yeah, so I, I, again, you have somebody like an Elon Musk that's taking that that innovation, and he's taking that foresight, and he's bringing it to fruition here with this. It's it's uh, it's it's fascinating to me. Uh, I I, w- I want to step back here. I want to tell you some interesting facts about satellites. Oh, please do. Yeah, just so we can kind of put it put things into perspective here mm-hmm. too, especially how it ties into what uh, Elon Musk is doing. So they, you know, they talk about how fast satellites move. They move at 18,000 miles an hour, uh, which allows them to orbit the Earth 14 times a day. You know, so if you look at that, again, if, if you kind of keep in mind what we're doing, what, what we're going to be doing with, um, uh, with Internet connectivity and satellites, that plays a huge part in it. Uh, satellites have better fuel efficiency than some of the, the smallest and most efficient cars. And I think they were equating it to having better efficiency than the Prius. Uh, there are two, yeah. There are two satellites in orbit around Earth chasing each other. NASA has them tracking gravitational anomalies, uh, and NASA has nicknamed them. Ready, Tom and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody know who Tom and Jerry is? I do. I do. Oh, we do. I know. I know. I get right. the reference. <laughs> satellites not destroy are not destroyed by meteorites because they're programmed to avoid them. Imagine that. Let's see. Pictures are taken at high resolution um, and have been uh, identified more than have identified more than thirty one hundred Egyptian settlements, seventeen pyramids, and one thousand tombs. So, wow. pictures at high resolution from satellites can find these things on Earth. So, you know that whole that whole spy type thing. It's that that it's stuff's real. real. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> it is not science fiction. Uh, Let's see. I'm, t- I'm trying to see some of these. There's, there's a lot of them in here. I'm going to try to get to some of the other cool ones. Uh, let's see. Satellites can be placed into low Earth orbit, medium Earth orbit, or high Earth orbit. I think a lot of folks may have already known that. Satellites typically have a mission length of three to four years. After the time is up, the satellite will either be reorbited, kept in its current orbit, or sent to a graveyard. I'd love to see a satellite graveyard. <laughs> I wonder what the, do you have in your information there, like what the average lifespan of a satellite is? Well, I think that's, that's saying that's like three to four years. Oh, three. I'm sorry. I'm yep. sorry. Okay. Yep. Three to four years. Wow. That seems quick. Oh, I know it does, especially for the millions and millions of dollars. Although I guess if you're building, I, yeah, yeah. I guess that's what I'm thinking. But if you're building something from, for space, the, the environment's a bit tougher up in space than it is here, I hear. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so those th- a few fun facts. I think there, there's a there's a lot more there, but uh, I just thought I'd tell you that to give you a little bit of perspective. No, that's really cool. And I, you know, we talk about uh, we're talking about the satellites connecting for internet as sort of a an aspirational goal, but um, just to kind of let everyone know how real uh, this is right now. So. SpaceX uh, says that they need Starlink is the name of their satellites that is, and really I think is going to be the name of their internet service because think about it this way we all have internet service from a provider right now it's it's a Verizon or um, I was going to say Xfinity but they really are on the backbone of Verizon um, and and other 
internet companies that we know of now and SpaceX with their Starlink service could be the next. Um, So they need 400 satellites to provide minor coverage and 800 for moderate coverage. And they're looking to have their initial, it sounds really cool, their initial Starlink mega constellation of 12,000 satellites. So right now they have 540 satellites that are up and running, which is enough satellites to actually invite beta testers to use the service. So um, there's a public um, beta test and they actually send you an email when you sign up for the beta. Um, And I don't know if we could try to experiment with this. I don't know if we're like in the exclusive club of public beta uh, testers, but I know I am. (laughs) Are you really? (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those generational things, isn't it? (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Um, But you they actually send you an email confirming that you're a beta tester and, you know, they are asking for your zip code. And so this is very real. This is not a this is no longer a futuristic thing. And so, Tyler, when you say that, you know, we're going to be looking to be on Mars in a few years, a few years now is like the equivalent of 20 years, you know, a century ago or even less than it look at the 1960s kind of how fast we we've grown yeah. technologically since then so four years a lot can happen in four years as you know a lot I mean, can happen more, in four months and we have more technology in our cars right now than than they did or even in our phones i think than they did on the initial rockets going up to the moon in the right. 60s which is it, well they incredible said to believe I, I don't know if anybody remembers the commodore 64 it was it's like one of the, the first pc computers out there so it, it was very basic and they said that the apollo 11 landed on the moon uh with the computer power of less than the commodore 64 <laughs> so uh yeah it's it's uh pretty crazy to think about it makes um, you it, wonder yeah it does make you wonder and then just how rapidly things are moving now so um a, a real quick uh, history of like where we were and where we are now. So they were saying 1957, we had the first man-made object uh, that went into space. 1961, first man in space, Russians. Uh, 1963, first woman in space, Russians. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah. And then 1969, first humans on the moon, America. Yay. Uh, 1971, first landing on Mars. Uh, which I thought was was interesting. So I believe that was the Mars rover. I don't. Re- I didn't realize it was that long ago. Uh, or is that the Mars rover in seventy one? Uh, it would have to be, right? Let me look it up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So I'll keep going while you're looking that up. Uh, Nineteen eighty three, first spacecraft um, that went beyond Pluto, uh, which back then I think was still a planet. Now not a planet. Uh, Nineteen ninety, the Hubble Space Telescope was launched. So we've only had the Hubble up there since 1990. Uh, 1998, the Inter- International Space Station. Um, and then 2005, you had uh, the, uh, a probe land on one of Saturn's moons. I believe that was Titan. Uh, 2012 is when Voyager 1 entered the, the, the uh, interstellar space. So Voyager 1 went beyond our galaxy, basically into interstellar space. Uh, 2014, first probe lands on a comet. 
I thought that was real. How does that even happen? I don't, I was just, you know, that is like a feat in itself. I mean, just think about how. This is why they call it rocket science, by the way. Oh, it is gosh, quite a difficult craft. Yes. <laughs> and it is, it's a, it's a, it, it is truly a science of millimeters. I mean, if they're off by like a millimeter in space, that equates to thousands of miles. It's, it's wild. Uh, and then 2018 uh, probe, a probe to touch the sun. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means, but in 2018. It must have been been some sort of, because you you can only have things so close close to the sun. It It must have just been more of like an arm. Yeah. Extended out. Yeah. So they were probably just trying to gather data and it was like, I'm sure a one-way trip. (laughs) (laughs) Not returning back. Uh, And that my data stops kind of there. The infographic I was, the infographic I was reading from was, uh, I'll give them credit for it. It's called the Eden Project. Um, and they and they stop at 2018, but from 1957 to 2018, that's some pretty big landmarks there. And then now you look at what Elon Musk is doing in a, in a very short amount of time. You know, taking it from launching all those satellites to being the first privately funded uh, mission, and then aggressive mission to to get to Mars. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's super exciting stuff. And um, just a the Mars, uh, the rover was 1971 on Mars. There was a a couple of attempts. It sounds like the first couple maybe didn't go so well, but they all happened in the same year. So yeah, this is, this literally is going to be what I was thinking about it this morning. I think it's from Star Trek. There's a quote from like where no man has gone before something like that or final, no, the final frontier or Oh, I'm that's all this part up. of it. <laughs> all right, Rob, let's go. Uh, yeah, it's been too long. <laughs> it's like one of you has got to know this. Space, the final frontier. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's, and it, it, and it to makes... go where no man has gone before. There you go, Rob. See, that's perfect. Our mission. But I, speaking of quotes, I did like <laughs> the keep one. Keep going, from... Rob. You know the, actually the no, whole thing. No, I don't. I don't. I really don't. I'm not a Trekkie. <laughs> and people listening are probably going to be very disappointed. They're already quoting it like, come on, man, say it. <laughs> Elon Musk's quote, though, was, was pretty incredible as well. I'll read that. You want to wake up in the morning and think the future is going to be great. And that's what being a space-faring civilization is all about. It's all about believing in the future, thinking that the future will be better than the past. And I can't think of anything more exciting than going out there and being amongst the stars. Wow. That's inspiring. I feel like I need inspiring. to go do something super inspiring now. Yeah. You know, I got to I gotta agree with Elon Musk. I can't imagine what it's like to wake up. And first of all, I can't imagine what it's like to wake up in his shoes just being Elon Musk and having his brain power. But... I'm thinking being money, someone okay <laughs> <laughs> being someone that also has is on this this mission to space it's just got to be so exciting and i like if you uh, if you've ever listened to any of his interviews or things like that the way he talks about it uh, makes it sound so real so tangible so possible and you kind of get excited for it even if you might be fearing it a little bit just cuz it is so unknown um this is uh, the best part of technology. And uh, it. I think what, to kind of bring it home, we talk about space and, and how amazing it is and what it takes to get to space. Uh, but a lot of this starts with using a computer and using simple things to, to actually make that technology, develop it, think it, uh, code it out, um, all of that stuff. So it, it's funny to think sometimes that the computers we sit in front of every day are powering are some of 
Yeah. yeah, these are just the tools that are powering space exploration and things like that. And that is a, a really exciting place to be. And I know that Connection themselves uh, actually has a few customers in the sat- the space satellite um, world. And that's really exciting that we get to be a part of that with our, our customers and really give them the tools that they need to accomplish space travel. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it kind of makes you feel like you're part of history. Um, in a little way. And I think everyone's a little part of history. So this is a really exciting time. And I, as we kind of, we'll keep everyone posted as, you know, space exploration continues and, and ad- advancements um, that we see in the uh, the satellite world and internet connectivity. So I think that's a wrap for today on... Oh, no, what, no, no. Oh, no. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. <laughs> there it is. And on whatever platform you're listening to us on. <laughs> I love it. Uh, please remember to like, share, and follow so you can get um, all of these fantastic episodes as soon as they're available and share them with your family, your friends, and your co-workers. Um, and if you uh, have anything that you'd like to add uh, to today's conversation, um, even if you are a truckie and would like to correct us on a couple of things, although Rob just did a great rendition there, um, you can email us at podcastsatconnection.com. And if you would like to learn more about us, please visit www.connection.com. Um, all right, guys, I think that's that's a wrap. What that's a, a wrap. Fum- what a fumbly close that was. <laughs> Live long and prosper. <laughs> Live long and prosper. Have a great day, guys. Thanks always. So much Thanks, fun. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right, bye-bye.